Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Today's beautiful name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one of my all-time favorites. It's the name Al-Mujib. Al-Mujib. And what does Al-Mujib mean? It means the one who answers. The one who answers. Answers what? Primarily it's talking about dua. The one who answers our duas, our supplications. Whatever we need, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, through this beautiful name, has guaranteed that He will answer and respond to our demands and our needs and our requirements. And so it's really a name that gives you, you know, hope and gives you positivity in life, gives you ambition and, you know, it's a name that gives you happiness, right? It should, it should make every single one of us happy that, wow, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guaranteed that He is going to answer our prayers. What more do we want? Al-Mujib. And another beautiful angle of this name which is often, you know, not really taken into consideration is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is telling us that all we need to do is ask Him. That's really the, the focus. That's really where the focus should be. It should be on asking, not on the response. And, you know, we, we learn from Umar radiallahu anh, that this is exactly what he said. He said that my focus is always on asking, not on seeking the response or not seek not waiting for the answer to come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah has already guaranteed that he will answer right so for for Umar Dhan, he said my job is done the moment I make the dua that's it the rest I leave to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I don't have to worry about it because he has already guaranteed that the dua will be answered and so in another hadith of the Prophet the Prophet has said that the dua is actually ibadah so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I have not created the, the mankind and the jinn except for one purpose. What's the purpose of our existence? What's the purpose of our you know, creation? It is worship, right? Ibadah. Now what, does, what did the Prophet say ibadah is? Ibadah is dua. So technically, if you think about it, we were created to make dua. And Allah has taken the responsibility to answer our duas. And that's why he has established the five daily prayers. The five daily prayers are there for us to make these du'as. Du'as for what? You know, unfortunately, our, even our attitude towards prayers has become like, you know what? Alhamdulillah, I prayed my five prayers. I've, you know, I had a bit of khushu. I read Surah Al-Fatiha. And we say, Salaamu Alaikum Rahmatullah, Salaamu Alaikum Rahmatullah. And we don't really get that boost and motivation because we took this opportunity to make Amazing du'as to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we've, we haven't used this amazing tool. Salah is actually a tool. It's a means for us to achieve the big things in our life. It's a means for us to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for whatever areas we're struggling in. Whether it's emotional areas, people who you know, are seeking children, people who are seeking, seeking to get married, people who want to have a grand vision in their life, people who want to you know, get or upgrade their lifestyle. Maybe, you know, the salary is too low. You want to upgrade your financial status. You want, to, you want a promotion in your job. Whatever needs you have. All of us have different kind of needs. Allah is saying, use salah as a means to make dua. Because that is really what you were created for. You were created for dua. Dua is ibadah. And you know, even this, the science of energy. You know, it is proven scientifically now that... When we're in a state of salah, 
our energy, our positive energy level is at its, at its peak. And this is something that Muslims are blessed with. Right? But what do we do with that positive energy during Salah? It goes to an all-time high, it goes to its climax, and Allah is saying, now is the time to make du'a. If you make du'a in that high energy level state, it is guaranteed that it will be answered. But what do we do? We don't take advantage of it. We just say, Salaam alaykum Allah, and we move on. And so it's really a tragedy that, you know, we have overlooked this matter so much. Another big tragedy is, you know, a misinterpretation of one of the hadiths of the Prophet where he said that, you know, when you make dua, then it is either answered or it's delayed or it's replaced with something better or it's going to be given to you on the Day of Judgment. Now, this hadith is sahih, but it's actually been misinterpreted and as a result of that, our yaqeen in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our you know, belief and certainty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to answer this, these duas has gone down. Why? Because we have added, you know, if, ifs and buts after the dua. What that dua actually, or what this hadith actually means is that when you make dua with certainty, with the right attitude, it is guaranteed, that's the first one, it is guaranteed going to be accepted. However, if your level of certainty is lower, then it might be delayed. If it's even lower level of certainty, it will be replaced with something better, uh, something better for you. And if it's really low level of certainty, you'll get it on the Day of Judgment. And so if we just add that element of yaqeen and certainty, guess what? Our du'as will be guaranteed accepted, guys. This is really what it is. And you know, we learned this from the birds, right? In the hadith of the Prophet the birds, when they go out seeking provision, seeking food, they make the niyyah, they, they just go out and fly out, making an intention, I want to get food today. And they have full certainty that they will get it. And do they come back home empty stomach or, or full stomachs? Full stomach. The birds have understood this, we haven't understood this. You know, Allah doesn't tell the birds, okay, inshallah you'll get it maybe tomorrow or the day after, or maybe I'll replace it with, you know, something else, or maybe in akhirah. No, the bird gets it instantly. Why? Because the bird understands yaqeen. The bird understands the formula, you know. And so, there's so many ayat in the Quran that uh, talk about this, this beautiful name of Allah, Al-Mujib. Allah subhanahu wa surah Al-Hud says, Surah Hud, He says, Inna Rabbi Qareebun Mujib. And you know what's interesting about Qareebun Mujib is that it shows you the closeness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to you. The name Mujib is always linked with closeness. Allah is telling you, listen, I'm close. I'm not far away from you. You know? Don't think that it's, it's a long distance call. It's not going to cost you much. I'm close to you. You don't have to shout out too loud. I can hear you. You know, some people say, you know what, I don't even know Arabic. How am I supposed to make dua? You know, my pronunciation is not right. Allah's, Allah doesn't need you to perfect your Arabic to make dua. Ask Allah in any language you want. Ask Allah in any, any volume you want. Even if you don't say it out, even if you don't utter a word, doesn't Allah know what's inside of you? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what's inside of you. And so just by you just remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can make dua and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guaranteed to answer. And there's no specific place where you have to go. A lot of people say, you know what, I, my dua will only be accepted when I go for Umrah. And you know, when someone's going for Umrah, yeah, please make dua, please. Why do we have that attitude that dua is only accepted in the haram or only in hajj or in arafah? Yes, sure, those places are amazing and there's a lot of, 
you know, uh, sanctity and sacredness in those places. And of course, these are one of the places where du'as is accepted. But that doesn't mean that you sitting in your living room one day, or you sitting in your office table, or you just, you know, laying down on your bed, by making du'a, Allah doesn't hear you, Allah doesn't answer your prayers. And so it's an open access we have to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no queuing system. You don't have to queue up. And in Surah Rahman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Everything that Allah created is asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala day to day, moment to moment. And Allah is pretty much occupied with, with answering these du'as. So Allah didn't say, just for human beings, even the ants are asking Allah subhanahu for provision. Even the whale in the bottom, bottom of the ocean is asking Allah for provision. Even the seed is asking Allah subhanahu to make it grow. Everything is asking Allah except who? Except us. We have neglected this powerful, powerful weapon or tool that, you know, is, wallahi, is such a blessing, is such a gift from Allah subhanahu And so we have so many examples from the Quran about how the prophets under, un, understood this concept of dua. Look at Ibrahim salam. He saw a city that was completely barren and no life, no water, no agriculture, nothing. And he makes a dua that seems impossible. Right? Ya Allah, make this city a city that, that's blessed with peace and prosperity. Right? If anyone from the sidelines saw Ibrahim make this dua, he would think he is gone mad or crazy, right? Because what are you talking about? This is a desert. What life? What prosperity? But Ibrahim understood the yaqeen. And he went for it. He took advantage of it. Sulaiman He made dua, Ya Allah, give me a kingdom like no one else ever. And did Allah give him the mulk, the kingdom? And this is another misconception that's out there is that, you know, when it comes to dua, only make dua for akhirah. Dunya, Yani, don't, don't think about dunya, dunya is not good, it's filthy, it's fitna, you know, it's a distraction from shaitan. Just focus on akhirah, make dua for paradise, make dua for the hur al-ain. But dunya, avoid it. No, we learn from the prophets that they made dua for dunya. Sulaiman classic example. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him a kingdom like no one else. Yunus salam in the, in the bottom of the ocean, in the, in, in, while he was in the whale, he made dua and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved him. Zakaria at an old age with his wife not being able to bear children makes a dua with certainty and Allah makes the impossible possible. Over and over and over again, Nuh saves him and his, everyone on the, on the ship. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps saying, فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ Read Surah Al-Anbiya like four times, فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ Exactly the same word. We answered him. We answered his prayer. We answered his dua. فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ Repeated over and over and over in the Quran for us to learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when we ask him and we have yaqeen and certainty, he will answer guaranteed, no questions asked. We also learned this from the seer of the Prophet Whenever he needed something, he would raise his hands up so high. All the sahaba would see this. We know this from Badr, right? An impossible situation where you know, 300 plus Muslims against a thousand plus enemies. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends down angels to aid them. Didn't that happen? So the Prophet realizes this powerful weapon. In times of hopelessness, this is the name, Al-Mujib. 
the one who answers our prayers. He's, he's the one who has given us open access to him to ask anything you want, guys. Even small things, even when you, you, know, you lose something, you know, you lost a watch somewhere or your ring or whatever it is, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you're in a bad mood, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make your mood better. When you're depressed, when you, you know, are, are looking for a job, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We sometimes forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He's the last resort. Allah's saying, no, no, make me the first resort. Then seek worldly affairs also and seek worldly, you know, ways of making things happen. But first ask me. Even when someone's sick, so, you know, we have this, also so many people have this um, concept of being uh, always afraid of hasad and jealousy and, you know, ayn and evil eye. You know, and they go out of their way to, to do stupid things to protect themselves from this evil eye. Allah is saying, ask me for protection. Make the dua of adhkar al-sabah al-masa. Make the adhkar. Remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after Fajr and after Maghrib. Seek protection from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and guaranteed He said nothing will harm you. Nothing is going to harm you on that day. But do we have yaqeen in this? Unfortunately, our yaqeen is, is pretty much messed up, right? So this is something that we really need to work on in terms of this beautiful name. I'll share with you a story of Abu Huraira radiallahu He had a big concern and so he went to the Prophet Sallam. Prophet Rasulullah, I have a major issue. What's your issue, ya, ya Abu Huraira? His concern was that his mother was not a Muslim and she was in fact disrespecting the Prophet Whenever the Abu Huraira would mention the Prophet she would disrespect him, she would you know, say bad things about him. And this hurt Abu Huraira really bad. So one day he just went up to the Prophet Ya Rasulullah, make dua that my mother enters into Islam. And so Abu Huraira leaves with full certainty this is going to happen. Rasulullah raises his hands, Ya Allah, make Islam enter the heart of Abu Huraira's mother. Abu Huraira reaches the house, knocks on the door. The mother says, wait, don't come in. So Abu Huraira, you know, panics. There she goes again. She's going to probably disrespect the Prophet and she's going to say bad things about him and curse him. And so then she says, okay, come inside, enter. The mother tells Abu Huraira, listen to what I'm about to say. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. She accepts Islam the moment he enters the door. And so Abu Huraira, you know, the tears start flowing down his cheeks. He goes back to the Prophet and tells him, Ya Rasulullah, the dua was accepted. And so this is a powerful lesson for us that يعني, we have to have this full certainty. We have to have this really strong belief that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in fact guaranteeing the accept acceptance of our duas. So, so we need to have specific duas that, that upgrade our dunya and akhirah. Make a list of things that you know um, you want to do. Make a, make the list of things that you need. Make a list of things that you want to accomplish in the coming six months, one year. Write them down, you know, and and use the times, the accepted times of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's answering of these du'as. We learned from from what I just said. Salah is number one. There's so many other situations where du'a is accepted, like after the salah, when it rains, when you're traveling in your sujood, in the last third of the night, making dua for someone behind uh, in secret, right? That's also an accepted dua. Make dua for someone you care about in secret. And Allah said, guarantee that if you make dua for someone, let's say for, for someone to become a millionaire, Allah said, وَلَكَ مِثْلُهُ 
and you will be given similar to that. And so don't be shy from making du'as, du'as like, Ya Allah, I want to be a millionaire in the coming three years. Don't think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't have the means. Astaghfirullah. That is, you know, uh, disrespect to, the, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even the Jews, they, they said that Allah's hands are tight. Allah's saying, بَلْ يَدَاهُ My hands are vast and they're giving and they're open. Ask. And, you know, in another hadith, the Prophet told us that Allah said, that if all of humanity asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He gave all of them whatever they needed, this would not decrease from the kingdom of Allah by one bit and, and vice versa. And so let, let us upgrade our du'as, let us aim high, really, really high. Go beyond, aim for the impossible. Let's stop doubting because you know what, where the doubt comes from? It comes from shaitan. Shaitan makes you doubt, shaitan makes you aim low. Shaitan makes you have that doubt and, and doesn't, you know, not that full yaqeen. That is from shaitan. And you know, if you just sit down and write down what are the du'as that you made that Allah actually answered for you. Just start making lists in the past five years. What are the du'as I made that Allah accepted? And you will be surprised. You will be surprised at how many things Allah enabled you to, to have. How many du'as he accepted without you even realizing? You know who made you forget? Shaitan made you forget. But when you consciously make the connection that these du'as were answered by Allah, your yaqeen will get stronger and stronger and stronger. And then you will have full certainty. And you'll take full advantage of this beautiful name of Allah, Al-Mujib. And so there's four conditions also for uh, making du'a. And I'll end with this. Condition number one, yaqeen. You got to have full certainty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in fact gonna answer my du'as. No, no shadow of a doubt. Okay? That's number one. Number two, make sure your income is halal. Make sure that you're earning halal income because that's one of the, the things that will prevent your du'as from being accepted. The other thing is having the right um, attitude, right? Being humble when you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Having that humility, that khushu'ah, being a state of like being present when you make dua. Don't just read a dua from a book. You know, a lot of people when you go to Umrah, they're, they're doing tawaf, they're reading from a book and they're you know, repeating duas, not even knowing what they're reading. Come on, man. Make dua in a language you understand and be present in it. Focus about it, you know? Focus with it, concentrate, have the intentions. And the last condition is the manners. You know, so we learn also from the tradition that there are certain manners that give you that extra bonus for du'as to be accepted, like raising the hands, like facing the qibla, like having wudu, you know, like saying alhamdulillah and then, you know, salatu wassalam ala rasulillah in the beginning and at the end you, f you finish with, uh, you know, yeah, a du'a and then also uh, you make a sadaqah, that's also so something that will add, inshallah, certainty to your du'a being accepted. And so take advantage of these, this beautiful name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-mujib, the one who is guaranteed to answer our prayers. Don't be shy to ask for dunya. Because, you know, الشيطان يعدكم الفقر. Shaitan wants to promise you poverty. ويأمركم بالفحشاء. And when you're in poverty, you will be suffering. And it is, it is another, you know, sad, sad reality of the Muslims. That if you look at the poor people in the world today, the majority are Muslims. Why? Because, unfortunately, these poisonous ideas about... You know, poverty is good for you and dunya is good, you know, it's, it's filthy and, you know, detach yourself from the world, focus on akhirah. This is a tragedy and this needs to change. 
Muslims need to upgrade, Muslims, needs to Muslims today need to have high ambitions. They need to have you know, ambitions to be rich. There's nothing wrong with being rich. Six of the ten Sahabas who were guaranteed paradise by the Prophet were rich. Even if you think about the, our ibadat, the pillars of Islam, zakat has to do with money. Hajj, if you don't have money, you can't go. You know, and, and uh, even uh, when it comes to fasting, the zakat al-fitr that you give, money, money, money keeps coming along. Allah subhanahu wa said, the upper hand is better than the lower hand. The giving hand is better than the one that takes. So where are all these hadith coming from? Where are all these ideas coming from? If you're not aiming high for yourself in terms of, you know, richness and being able to, you know, support a family, being able to help one another. Look at the, our brothers and sisters in Syria today and other places in the world where Muslims are being oppressed. What is the number one problem we have? We don't have enough Muslims who are giving. Enough Muslims who are taking care of them. And so, who's taking care of them now? Non-Muslims are taking care of them. Why? Because Muslims have not aimed high enough to be, be, to be able to support such causes. And so when are we going to wake up? When are we going to take advantage of this name, Al-Mujib? So, you know, I really ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us all the tawfiq to make du'as. Because again, like Umar says, the moment you make du'a, that means Allah has accepted it. You focus on making du'a, leave the rest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if Allah gave you tawfiq to make du'a, that means it's already answered. It's a done deal. With the condition that you have full yaqeen. So we ask Allah to give us that full yaqeen and that level of certainty that Allah is there to answer our du'as and to take care of all our needs. With that, we conclude this beautiful, beautiful name of Allah and Mujib. We'll see you next time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.